From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you for uh, making us part of your day. Well, coming up on this Thursday edition, President Biden was in Philadelphia today laying out his $6.8 trillion budget proposal. The Great Society-style budget raises everything but hopes that Washington can find a way forward. The president's budget succeeds where Republicans have failed by presenting a realistic blueprint for lowering the deficit without cutting benefits tens of millions of Americans rely upon. That was Senate Democrat leader Chuck Schumer doing what he does best, dividing. But he also stopped short of telling Americans the president's budget calls for trillions in new taxes. Well, we'll discuss the president's proposal and the trillions in new taxes, as well as the expansive social spending and the reduction in military priorities with Oklahoma Congressman Kevin Hearn, chairman of the Republican Study Committee. And what's the latest on the Twitter, Twitter files? Government and media fact checkers frequently get things wrong. The American people can't and shouldn't rely on so-called experts to be the arbiters of truth, disinformation boards and the like. It doesn't matter what political party you're, you're in. Government should not suppress important debates in public discourse. That was Congressman Mike Johnson, a member of the Weaponization of the Federal Government Select Committee. We'll get the latest from him when he joins us a little later here on Washington Watch. And speaking of weaponization, there are now calls from Republicans to investigate the FBI's use of the Antifa-aligned Southern Poverty Law Center. We'll talk about that as well. And uh, listen to this. Equality for everybody or nobody's really equal. This is how Hitler started. You know, just weeding everybody out, and then finally he, you know, I don't think it's a good idea what they're doing, but, you know, you just have to keep fighting for civil rights. I guess that's the way it is in this country. And that was singer Cindy Lover responding to a question about uh, state legislative efforts to protect minors from experimental transgender surgeries and drugs. Seems he is a little mixed up on our history. It was the Nazis that were doing the experiments on people, but let's not let the facts get in the way. We'll talk about the dangerous and false ideology of the transgender industry with Dr. Jeff Myers of Summit Ministries. And to celebrate International Women's Day, the White House held a special ceremony yesterday. This year, for the first time, we honor the awardees here at the White House. And that really is a reflection of just how highly President Biden, First Lady, and this administration prioritize gender equality and human rights. That was Secretary of State Antony Blinken. There, there was only one problem. Uh, Blinken and uh, First Lady Joe Biden presented an International Woman of Courage Award to, to a biological male. Every real woman should be outraged. And we're going to talk with one of them, Mary Sock, director of the Center for Human Dignity here at the Family Research Council, a little later. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you. Be sure and uh, check it out. The word for today comes from Jeremiah 52, verses 2 and 3. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For because of the anger of the Lord, it came to the point in Jerusalem and Judah that he cast them out from his presence. And Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. If there is rebellion toward God, history shows that rebellion toward human authority soon follows. 
we should not be surprised to see the lawlessness and rebellion against authority that is pervasive in America today. Why? Because we've instilled rebellion toward God in the hearts and minds of children for nearly a half a century by borrowing prayer and God's word from our schools. The same remedy offered to Judah in Jeremiah's day is still available to us. Return to God. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, go to TonyPerkins.com. President Biden announced his fiscal year 2024 budget today at a union hall in Philadelphia. It's a $6.9 trillion package bloated with new spending. It shows the president's doubling down on the left's desire to give government more power over our lives. But presidential budgets are just messaging tools. So what are the messages that the president is sending? Joining me now to discuss this is Congressman Kevin Hearn. He serves on the House Ways and Means Committee. He is the chairman of the Republican Study Committee. He also represents Oklahoma's first congressional district. Congressman Hearn, welcome back to Washington Watch. Tony, it's great to have me. So uh, let me ask you your reaction to the president's budget proposal today. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, when you look at this, it's, it's the same adage we've been saying is that when the government spends more, American people have less. And we're seeing this, you know, runaway spending is causing the inflation issue. Everybody has said that across the board, it's not in the administration. We've seen the past administration, the Obama administration, Larry Summers, Jason Furman, others said that when this happened back in 2021, we were going to have inflation and we did. The deniers were the Democrats and the Fed chairman and the Treasury secretary, and they have since come around, and now they're trying to fix it, and they're looking at a – they need businesses to quit creating jobs and Americans to stop going to work so that they can curtail inflation. But, you know, we see this. We've got $18 trillion in additional debt over the next decade. We've got some $5 trillion in new taxes. We've got – a half a trillion dollars in new taxes on small businessmen and women in America. All of these things are going to be devastating. They 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 put out you know a growth number that's insane. There's no way that's going to happen by adding all these taxes. And and by the way, you know you look at additional spending again, trillions of dollars of new spending, no cuts. This is uh, this is a recipe for disaster. And if this is the direction the administration wants to go. Uh, you know, Speaker uh, McCarthy ought to put this bill on the floor and send me Democrats actually vote for it. <laughs> uh, good point. The um, as, as I mentioned, no presidential budget goes forward. It's just basically a messaging tool of their priorities. So what is the message that uh, the president we should take away from the president's budget? It's just more big government uh, completely out of touch with the American people. Um, you know, the, the American people have been saying that we've got to curtail inflation. You know, eggs are, you know, three, four, five dollars a dozen. Uh, the disposable income is being squeezed because of the price at, the, you know, energy costs at the home, price at the pump for gasoline, diesel exorbitantly high. Uh, you have, you know, 40% of Americans right now, uh, 1% paying the 40% of the taxes and the lower 40% paying no taxes. The middle class is getting squeezed in a big way from rising costs. Uh, the Fed chairman is continuing to raise Interest rates, uh, everybody that you talk to that, again, they're not in the political world, will tell you that all indicators say that the inflation is going to continue to be a problem into 2024. Uh, so there's really no end in sight right now. And what this president does by his budget is just indicate more of the same. So we see uh, tax increases on corporations and what he calls the wealthy, those making over $400,000 a year. 
steep tax increases. Quite frankly, I'm not too sympathetic for the corporations who actually elected the left as they've uh, pushed more and more of their leftist agenda. But there's a, there's something there's a few things in here that are very troubling. Number one is the expansion of trying to get children at an earlier age into government education. Uh, when we've seen how uh, government uh, schools have performed so poorly on test scores, why would we give them our kids earlier? And then when you look at their, given the uncertainty of the world in which we live, China, Russia, why a reduction overall in, in military spending? Well, again, this this president is completely out of touch. You know, when you see the great uh, superpowers that we're seeing right now, certainly Russia is indicating that, uh, you know, they have a problem with conventional warfare. I, I think that makes them even more dangerous. Uh, look at China using basically Russia and the war in Ukraine as a proxy to see how we respond. Uh, one would argue that China likes to see what is going on as far as this war continuing because it, it exposes our, our divide even more. It drains our resources both financially and militarily, and you have the president who historically Democrats have wanted to cut defense. Now with you know the imminent uh, invasion of Taiwan, this administration uh, again is wanting to cut our defense. Uh, this is this is just not good reasoning. Um, but when you you talk about the government overreach again, pushing uh, you know policies that create dependency on the federal government. Uh, with agencies like the Department of Education has been woefully ineffective in moving us forward in the world of rankings of education. Um, you know, just again, this is this is typical Democrat stuff. And I'll reiterate what I said at the beginning. Yeah, when when the government spends more, Americans have less, and we're going to see Americans have less and less uh, because of what's going on at the federal government. Uh, Congressman Hurd, I want I want to play a clip from the president's uh, remarks today and get you to respond to it. Uh, play clip number one, please. And so, folks, look, MAGA Republicans are calling for defunding the police department and defunding the FBI now. That's a good one. I like that one. Uh, did, did I miss something? When did the Republicans say they wanted to defund the police? I thought it was the Democrats that were doing that. Well, again, I think, uh, you know, Joe Biden is uh, he's sleepy. He's kind of forgotten what he has said and what the Democrats' policies have been for the first two years, uh, certainly of his administration and, and the four years of under the Biden, or the, excuse me, the Pelosi administration. You know, it is amazing how they think if they just say something that somehow it becomes true. Uh, the reality is it's the example you just mentioned about bringing jobs back from China, yet they put uh, tax policies and regulatory policies in place, demonize job creators, uh, and disincentivize people from wanting to come back here. Uh, you know, it's very problematic uh, that what we're doing right now, the American debt that we're paying uh, interest on to China is somewhere around 55 to $60 million a day in interest. If anybody thinks that uh, China is taking that uh, those interest payments and doing something good with it, uh, as the old saying goes, I have a bridge on right. myself. Arizona. But uh, we got a lot of work to do here to get this budget and this uh, this fiscal, uh, you know, our fiscal house in order. It's just really insane what's going on right. with this president. Very quickly, uh, Congressman Hearn, what will the Republicans propose countering the president's uh, proposal? Well, you're going to see a lot about getting people back to work. You're going to see uh, like removing the public health emergency so that the executive orders uh, are, are stopping coming out of the White House where in just in the first year, this president created some regulatory processes that uh, now tally up to around $330 billion of imposed uh, implied taxes that have been paid through the regulatory process. 
You're going to see work on making the tax rates permanent for the American people and small businesses. You're going to look at, mm. you know, incentivizing uh, American workers uh, to come back to America from China, moving the manufacturing back through policies that really, really substantiate what we're talking about, that it's important that our economy be less dependent on China. You're going to talk about energy security, border security, things that are really matter, and certainly all of these end up being very important to our economic security. Well, it sounds like uh, we're going to be in for some interesting times as the Republicans square off with the uh, the Biden administration. I would tell you, this is one of the far farthest-reaching uh, great society-type budgets I think we've seen since the 1960s in terms of the social programs that uh, this president and this administration wants to expand. Uh, given, as you pointed out, uh, how our, our economy is still reeling from all of the spending from before, more of the same uh, just quite frankly, doesn't add up. Congressman Kevin Hearn, always great to see you. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us today. Thanks, Tony. And as I said, folks, the, uh, the, 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 the president's budget, even, in fact, if you'll go back to um, President Trump, his budget was like a stellar budget. It was so conservative. In fact, it cut, like, uh, public broadcasting and all of these uh, crazy left-wing organizations that are funded by the federal government. And the Republicans didn't take it. They didn't advance it. So a president's budget never gets through. Now, there have been a couple times where, as Congressman Hearn talked about putting it on the floor just to see what people would do with it. They did that. I think they did that to President Obama. And the Democrats voted against his budget. So it'll be interesting to see how things shape up. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about the Twitter files and the weaponization of governments. Congressman Mike Johnson joins us next. Don't go away. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God. And he has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that first by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview. 
Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose. Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday. Now, I've been talking about this all week. Last Sunday, an attorney for the Southern Impoverished Law Center, which is what I like to call it, was arrested on charges of domestic terrorism after a violent riot in Atlanta attacking a uh, police training facility that's under construction. Now, the SPLC released a statement saying they support their employee. This is especially troubling because federal agencies, including the FBI, rely on information from the Southern Impoverished Law Center. Remember the recent memo that went out to investigate Catholic churches that was earlier this year. That was from SPLC information or misinformation, I should say. And of course, the SPLC Misinformation also inspired domestic terrorist Floyd Corkins. He was convicted of domestic terrorism in Washington, D.C. after coming into the Family Research Council about 12 years ago and uh, with a desire to shoot everybody in the building. He ended up shooting one person. But finally, some in Congress have taken note and have called for investigations about the FBI's reliance upon the Southern Poverty Law Center. Join me now to discuss this and much more is uh, Congressman Mike Johnson. He serves on the House Judiciary Committee, the House Armed Services Committee. He is also the vice chair of the Republican Conference. He represents the 4th Congressional District of Louisiana. Uh, Congressman Johnson, welcome to Washington Watch. Hey, Tony. It's great to be with you, as always. I know it's a busy day on Capitol Hill, uh, several measures making their way through. Before I get to the uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center, you uh, they just uh, the House just passed a bill regarding free speech and making sure that uh, government actors do not suppress the speech of uh, American people. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of a surreal moment in the history of our country when the Congress has to pass a resolution, a bill. Uh, to basically affirm what the First Amendment has always protected. Look, it's part of the bedrock principle of our republic, our system of government, that, that, that the government itself cannot determine what speech is acceptable or true. Put those in air quotes. But that's exactly what has been happening, particularly over the last couple of years in the Biden administration. You have federal agencies that are that are really charged with design to protect the, the freedoms of the American people, uh, they have been uh, really charging against and steamrolling over those freedoms. Uh, the but, Department of Justice, the FBI, and, and others, and that's what we've been uncovering. That's why we had to pass legislation. But, but you also delved into that today as you continued your look into the Twitter files, did you not? 
We did. We had our second meeting of the select committee on the weaponization of the federal government. And the Democrats decried even the name of the hearing. They said that was hyperbolic and, and uh, it was a political exercise. We began and continue today to prove that that is not a, a political thing or at all. This is objective fact. We had uh, the, the uh, journalists who are long-seasoned, award-winning journalists for decades uh, who were involved in releasing the Twitter files and going through them and, and highlighting some of the crazy, crazy abuses there, Tony. Frightening. They said in their own testimony today, and by the way, these are not Republicans, these journalists. One self-described as an ACLU liberal. The other said, I am a Biden voter. But they were alarmed. They said it was the most frightening thing they had seen in their entire careers in journalism, that the government would partner with the social media platforms to censor and silence viewpoints that disagree, they disagreed with. That's what happened. They, they did it in the election season. They did it throughout the year and have been in earnest. And so we've got to stop. Well, I would think that this committee, this subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government might have to be meeting 24 uh, seven. I think didn't we just see the Federal Trade Commission send inquiries to Twitter, basically doubling down on the federal government's, uh, you know, trying to silence this uh, this entity? Yes. it's Look, it's not just the DOJ or the FBI. It's the FTC. It's. It's the alphabet soup of so many agencies. It's such a target-rich environment for us to investigate on the Weaponization Committee. You're right. We don't have enough time and resources to do it all. But we're trying to pick the most egregious examples to show the American people exactly what is happening. This is frightening. This is not hyperbole. This goes to the core of who we are as Americans. We have to protect free speech. And they have been basically affecting the public square, the public discourse. And it's a dangerous thing. And, and I would add to that probably uh, tilting the playing field when it comes to elections by silencing or uh, squelching the conversation during elections. That is exactly what the Twitter files prove. We knew this intuitively. You and I have talked about this offline. We know that conservatives and, and conservative candidates, uh, Republicans and others uh, who have run for office have had their it, it seemed that there there was a volume control or something on on their files and that's on their, their right. accounts. And that's exactly happened. So now we've proven it. The FBI was basically a subsidiary, had a subsidiary in Twitter before Elon Musk purchased it. And now he's exposing this. And we know that this happened in the other social media giants as well. It's just unconscionable. But uh, the Democrats allowed it. They applauded it. Outrageous. Speaking of the uh, the uh, the FBI, they have long had a cozy relationship with the Southern Poverty Law Center. They had one of their employees, a staff attorney, arrested last week in Atlanta, charged with domestic terrorism. He was released on a bond. They said, as Southern Poverty Law Center said, he was there as a, an observer. How do you observe domestic terrorism and be there to, what are you, coaching them on how to do this? I mean, th- this seems like this is outrageous that they're standing by this attorney. Yeah, and, right. And and you and I have known for a long time that the SPLC was up to all sorts of nefarious activity. They're effectively an arm of the radical progressive left in this country. And they went about the business of labeling FRC and Many of the groups, you know, I used to work for the Alliance Defending Freedom. I mean, all the groups that they disagree with politically, they labeled as, as hate groups. And now that the, the branch of the Department of Justice, the, the, the largest law enforcement agency in, in, in the country, the most uh, powerful one, the FBI, was using the SPLC for resource material on who they should monitor, who they should investigate. Right. Again, just a frightening thing. But they're being exposed for who they are. And this is a, a good moment that, uh, you know, the truth is coming out and people are going to see it. 
their justification of this would be like like you as a as a pro-life attorney going with uh, if there were a pro-lifer who were going to firebomb an abortion clinic be there and as observer i mean that's outrageous the, the, even the suggestion of that it is and and the, the the greatest threat to all of this and we've talked about it many times is is the double standard that the american people see the lack of faith the increasing lack of faith that americans have in our institutions it's a dangerous thing in a republic like ours well, I certainly hope that the Republicans make sure that uh, the FBI does not continue to use them as a source. Congressman Mike Johnson, always great to see you. Thanks so much for taking time to join us. You too, my friend. Thank you. All right. Uh, Congressman Mike Johnson, one of the guys fighting on Capitol Hill for the things we believe in. All right. Coming up next, the dangerous ideology of the transgender movement. We talk about it next. Don't go away. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Thanks for joining us. It's never been more apparent that what is at the center of the debate over gender ideology is the most basic question. If human beings actually bear the image of God as being created by him. The definition of a man and a woman is biologically obvious, but more importantly, a spiritual truth. A recent book by our friends Dr. Jeff Myers and Brandon Showalter uh, expose, exposing the gender lie addresses the issue head on. And uh, they write in their book, Sincere and Faithful Christians Cannot Remain on the Sidelines. And we're going to talk about that uh, with uh, Dr. Myers in just a moment. But first, I, I want to go to this issue of yesterday, kind of setting the stage for this discussion. 
yesterday at the White House, the um, First Lady, Jill Biden, she, um, along with Secretary of State, hosted International Women's Day, at which they presented awards. There was only one problem. They presented one of the awards to a biological male. That's right. Every woman in America should be outraged by this. Join me now to discuss this and more is Mary Sock, director of the Center for Human Dignity here at the Family Research Council. Mary, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thanks so much for having me on, Tony. All right, so honoring a man to celebrate women. What am I missing? Well, it's it's not that you're missing something. It's that the Biden administration is. And in fact, what they're missing is the knowledge of what is a woman. You know, we, we saw in, in President Biden's Supreme Court nominee and appointee, Ketanji Jackson-Brown's hearing, that she, in fact, could not define women. And this seems to be a universal trait, that the Biden administration thinks that if you put on a dress or if you wear high heels or if you put on lipstick, that that's what makes someone a woman. But those aren't the things that make women different from men. What makes women different from men is that written in our very DNA, written in our very bodies, in our in our physical makeup, is a space for another, that we are actually physically oriented towards others because it is within a woman that another exists and, and her very body nourishes that other person. So that, that influences the way that women perceive the world, the way that they do everything, the way that we interact and, and the way that we view things. That's something the Biden administration has clearly not, not recognized. But Mary, is this really inconsistent with this day that uh, has been declared the International Women's Day. I mean, is this not kind of consistent with the origins of this day? Well, that's a great point, Tony, and I'm glad you brought that up. International Women's Day has has communist roots. And and we know that the father of communism, Karl Marx, we know that he abused and cheated on his wife. We know that his goal was to dismantle the family. Um, and, and this day was a day about women's quote-unquote equality. Um, but of course, equality to them didn't mean that men and women have equal dignity. It meant that men and women are the same and that we should treat them as if as if they're interchangeable. And so motherhood was not something that was valued by the communists. And, and out of communism, we have universal pre-K. We have out of communism, communism even more terribly, we have the first legalization of abortion. Um, and so we've seen time and time again that communist regimes don't value women, that in fact, women are abused by them, that, that their dignity is disregarded. And that in fact is what the Biden administration is doing once again. So, so Mary, how are women responding to this? I mean, it, it, it's one thing to go down this path claiming this is equality and, you know, we want to celebrate women. Hey, I, I want to I like celebrating Mother's Day. I, I love to celebrate, you know, women. But this, I would think, is 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 a bridge too far that you're actually giving an award to a biological male. And we're seeing this play out elsewhere across society where, you know, men, as you point out, put on heels, put on some lipstick and, and, and maybe grow their hair out. 
and uh, th they walk around acting as if they know what it's like to be a woman. Right, and and I think we we do have examples of women standing up against this. Riley Gaines, who has stood up against Leah Thomas masquerading as a woman and and competing in the NCAA championships as a woman, even though he is a biological male. Riley Gaines would have been a great choice to receive the Courage Award, someone who has actually stood up for the dignity of what it means to be a woman. And, and what I've seen from a lot of women is a lot of eye rolls, this thought that, you know, every glass, glass ceiling that was shattered, the Biden administration has worked to reinforce with cement. Well, it needs to be more than eye rolls. We need to see the voter rolls expand with women who say enough of this nonsense, because this is permeating every aspect of society. They're pushing this down into our schools with this uh, transgender ideology. They're even wanting to expand in the president's budget, wanting to expand to pre-K uh, so that they can indoctrinate our children at even earlier ages. Uh, I I tell you, if, if, if women have half the outrage I do over this, uh, man, I, I would see change on the horizon. Mary, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. All right. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk about this big lie. This is a big lie. And it's being foisted upon our children. I think our children are being saturated in this by the culture, by the entertainment industry, and then educationally. I mean, they're being indoctrinated in America's classrooms, by the way, with your tax dollars. And it's dangerous. It's ungodly. We're going to talk about this with Dr. Jeff Myers, president of Summit Ministries, next here on Washington Watch. Don't go away. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. 
Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us on this Thursday. Be sure and visit the website, TonyPerkins.com. We have contact information and resources from uh, our guests as well. When we have members of Congress on, Congress on, it's always good if you uh, would take a moment, reach out to them, and thank them for fighting for the things that you and I care about on Capitol Hill. By the way, tomorrow, uh, former Congressman Jody Heiss, now part of the FRC team, will be joining me with uh, a, uh, a report as tomorrow they plan, uh, we will be planning, we are planning, I should say, to deliver close to 40,000 uh, petitions to the city hall in Port Wentworth, Georgia, on behalf of the 19-year-old police officer, Jacob Kersey, who was forced out simply for posting a biblical definition of marriage on his personal Facebook page. So that's uh, that's tomorrow. That'll be taking place tomorrow morning. We'll be praying for our team that's on the ground there, and uh, Congressman Jody Heiss will be joining us with an update uh, tomorrow afternoon here on Washington Watch. So you'll be sure and want to tune in. By the way, I want to say thank you to uh, literally thousands who signed that petition. And uh, so tomorrow I'll have a report uh, for you on those being delivered. All right, we, t- we, we talk a lot about this transgender thing, and, and some of it, uh, like, you know, the fact that a biological male was recognized at the White House yesterday with an award for International Women's Day, a woman of courage. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's the stuff that Saturday Night Live used to be made of. Of course, now Saturday Night Live is kind of bought into all that. But it's not even really funny. It, it, it's, it's shocking, and it's dangerous it is there is a spiritual element to this that we cannot miss. And this is, as I said, being foisted upon our children and leading them down a dark, destructive path. We need to be informed on just what is at stake here in terms of our children and what is driving it. Joining me now to uh, to talk about this is Dr. Jeff Myers, president of Summit Ministries. As I mentioned earlier, Jeff has just published a new book on this topic. Jeff, welcome back to the program. Tony, great to be back with you. I'm sorry we have to talk about a subject like this, but it's really important for Americans to know truth and that there is a serious attack on truth. Well, and when everyone, I mean, when you've got people that are just acting as if truth does not exist, we have to talk about it. We have to know the foundation of that truth, and we have to equip people to defend it. Sometimes it feels like the transgender issue is reality's last stand. 
because a postmodern viewpoint in universities for many years has tried to convince students that truth, capital T, does not exist, that we all just socially construct our own truths. But biological realities such as male and female have always stood in the way of them making that message complete. So if you can get people to believe there's no real difference between males and females, then well, you can convince them of anything at that point. People are open just to blatant indoctrination. So that's what we're talking about in the ebook. We want people to know that this is not only a movement, it is an industry that is profit seeking and it is an ideology that is power seeking. This is not about children who have identity struggles. That's not new. Right. It's about a serious attempt to undermine uh, really America. So how can folks get a copy, before we get too far into this, a copy of Exposing the Gender Lie? Exposing the Gender Lie is available at summit.org slash protect. That is available as a free download. We're making it available for free because we really want this message to get out right away. If you're a parent or a grandparent and this has come up in your home, which I can guarantee you it has, uh, then you yeah. can read this ebook to understand what is going on. It's good. What are some of the points that you uh, you uh, expose in this book? Because you're, you're absolutely right, Jeff. I get calls from people. We're pointing them to different resources. We have some resources. But this is an issue that more and more parents and grandparents are coming face to face with. Well, Tony, in the ebook, we talk, first of all, about how this is a medical scandal. Second, we talk about its institutional capture. And then third, we talk about the attack on language. And then finally, uh, because most of the people who are interested in this topic right now are people of some faith, maybe not deep faith, but they, you know, they're just Americans who are concerned and uh, who have a Christian background somehow. We talk about a biblical view, how the biblical view of male and female and the biological view of male and female are in harmony with one another. Uh, I think that probably the most shocking revelations are going to be the medical scandal, but I'm happy to talk about right. any of them. Well, I want to talk about the, 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 the last point you brought up, because I think it's very important as, as believers, because one of the things I see happening is that there are parents who, who know the Bible. They've grown up in the church. They know what Jesus said in Matthew 19. Have you not read uh, from the beginning that God created them male and female? So Jesus wasn't confused about gender. He knew that there were just two. And so parents are thinking, well, man, I, I have to um, either I've got to accept what my child is doing and celebrate it, or I have to walk away, or, or I walk away from my faith. Which is it? And, and so many of them are just kind of walking away from their faith, or at least they're downplaying it. And so you, you cannot be a follower of Christ and not believe what he says. But part of this is the conflation of the idea that to love is to affirm. And that's not the case. We, we are to love, especially our children, but we're to love everybody. In fact, I think one of the things that has to be corrected, not from us, but from the left's narrative, is that those children that are drawn into this whole transgender ideology and have, and have gone through, unfortunately, some of these uh, surgeries and treatments, we love them. We want them to be free and to find the fullness of life, but they have to recognize that's not how God created them. Well, there's so much there, Tony. You know, Genesis 1, the very first chapter of the first book of the Bible says that God made human beings in his image. And I want everybody to know you have tremendous value as an image bearer of God. 
But immediately following that, God says, I made you in my image, male and female. Uh, the biological reality is there are 6,500 cataloged differences between males and females. Every single cell of your body, with the possible exception of your cells of re sexual reproduction, is stamped XX if you're a woman, XY if you're a man. And so the biological reality is presented right there in Genesis chapter 1. It is presented as a positive thing. You were not born in the wrong body. You were born male or female on purpose. And males and females are designed to harmonize with one another to make humanity better. That's the core of the biblical message that often gets lost because sometimes Christians end up you know, when you hear things like, well, you're just attacking trans kids or your child is going to commit suicide, even though these are factually incorrect yeah. things, they're scary. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what we've talked about uh, a lot, because the studies, actually what we've seen come out and part of the scandal in uh, in Missouri in St. Louis or the whistleblower there actually showed that it was the, the, the kids, the minors that went through the surgeries that were more prone to suicide uh, or attempts at that than, than those who were just wrestling with their gender dysphoria. Well, the latest evidence on this is that children who go through the medical transition, which is the natural course of treatment, it is all very, very choreographed. If a child is diagnosed gender dysphoric, they will be pushed toward medical treatment. If they go through that, the suicide rate is 19 times higher. Now, the latest studies on this, January of 2023, in a very prestigious psychological journal, reviewed 140 different studies and said that what's really going on here is a cover-up of childhood trauma. And often childhood trauma is caused by sexual abuse. Right. Often it's caused right. by, uh, you know, early exposure to pornography, maybe divorce or other adverse childhood experiences. And all of that gets left unaddressed when someone says, here, just take this medicine instead. Well, and, 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 and Jeff, the, the problem is that we're seeing more states moving to prohibit uh, therapy in terms of even talking through these, these uh, experiences of trauma. I mean, look, the natural inclination of a, of a woman who has or a girl that's been abused, been uh, taken advantage of, is that there's a hatred toward, or it, even if it's not acknowledged, this is where the therapy comes in, they, they want to do anything they can possibly do to prevent that from occurring again. And part of that sometimes is taking on a masculine identity. So those are issues that arrive from a fallen culture, but it's like we're locking these kids into a destructive path by not even allowing them to have help other than this one-way street to desper desperation, discouragement, and despair through this transgender uh, treatment and experimentation. That's right. Well, you don't mutilate the body to heal the mind. And one of the things we reveal in this ebook, I think people are going to find incredibly shocking, is the medical industry has been in on this for mm, almost 15 years. So long before Americans were paying attention to this, transgender activists had taken over the medical industry, arranged the standards of care such that doctors and therapists who don't recommend gender affirming care, which is what it's what you what it is euphemistically right. called, can right. actually be in legal and professional danger. That's part of the problem. So children are being moved toward these incredible manipulations. They're being victimized by an industry and an ideology that has nothing in mind except profit and power. And the kids here are the victims.
So, folks, you can get a copy of this ebook, Exposing the Gender Lie. Uh, maybe, maybe you haven't um, experienced that with your kids or grandkids, but I can assure you that someone you know is going to encounter this and they're going to ask questions. It's a great resource to have available. Again, uh, Jeff, give them the, uh, we, we've got a link at TonyPerkins.com, but give them the direct yes. link again. Yeah, the direct link is summit.org slash protect. You can download that book. You can forward that link to anybody you think might be interested. It will create a lot of controversy, but we have uh, more than 100 pieces of documentation in this ebook to demonstrate that what we are saying is so. We've analyzed all of these studies that say that children are going to commit suicide if they aren't allowed to take puberty blockers or use cross-sex hormones or have surgery. We've, de- you know, we've taken apart all of these things to try to present the truth because we want families to know you don't have yeah. to uh, submit to this regime just because somebody thought it up. So a, a few questions here. Number one, the motive. W- what's driving this? Let's start with just the medical industry. Is this driven? Is it driven by profit or 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 is there something else here or is it a combination of things? Well, I think it's a combination of things. There's profit. There is power. Initially, transgender medicine was guided by a belief uh, among people in the uh, LGBTQ community that transgender people were not getting access to medical care. Either they were embarrassed about their sexual history or they just didn't fit into existing categories. and, And then they were having all kinds of health issues. But it very quickly became about profit. Now, if a child takes puberty blockers, that's going to cost up to $30,000 a year, and the parents are going to have to pay for that, or Medicare or Medicaid or the insurance companies are going to have to pay for that. But you take that times the 42,000 children who were diagnosed last year as gender dysphoric, and you're looking at a billion, maybe a multi-billion dollar industry. And Tony, you spent a lot of time on Capitol Hill. You know how healthcare. They, their lobbyists are everywhere. Last year, the healthcare industry spent one and a half million dollars per member of Congress lobbying them. And so they have a very strong profit motive to make sure the laws all go their way. And we've seen how the, the, the left has taken over a lot of these associations to where, as you mentioned earlier, that if a, uh, a counselor, psychologist, doctor, in any way kind of bucks the trend they are they are in trouble because you have these uh, medical associations counseling associations adopting these uh, radical policies that force it's it's a funnel it just forces kids into this and the medical industry has to treat it Yes. Well, if if parents are struggling with something like this, I would recommend talking to a therapist who focuses on trauma. Uh, They can take a simple test. It's called ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences Test. See if there might be childhood trauma and address the underlying trauma. What we're finding and the transgender industry does not want to hear this, but 75 to 95 percent of kids who have the underlying trauma resolved, their experiences of gender dysphoria dissipate. So speaking of the issue of, of trauma, we, we, you mentioned that it can be personally being traumatized by sexual exploitation or being a victim of that pornography. What has, is that a contributing factor to this explosion that we've seen now of young people identifying as transgender? 
I think so. I think transgen. I think we would say gender dysphoria diagnoses uh, uh, might be a comorbidity of deeper issues, uh, maybe depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, all of those kinds of things that are very, very serious and need to be addressed. But when you say, oh, you can take a pill or you can take these shots and you can become a girl or you can become a boy, uh, you're you're confusing and complicating the issue. So that's just really the message that I want parents to know. Uh, You're you know, your child was not born in the wrong body. They have the body that God designed them to have. And we need to understand uh, that our society's wide acceptance of the sexual revolution has put young girls in a very vulnerable position. Uh, the number of mm-hmm. young women now who are saying they have been sexually abused is shocking and extraordinary. And depression and anxiety naturally follow from those kinds of experiences, as well as a lot of self-blame, uh, because they're being told by their abusers, you made me do this. And then on top of all of this, they're being confused in school. Maybe I would be better off if I was a boy, then I could protect myself. Right. Bottom line is this should be a warning light when a child has a, a this gender dysphoria, you need to look, see what is driving it underneath. Exposing the gender lie. Dr. Jeff Myers, great to see you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you, Tony. And, folks, I want to thank you for joining us and get a copy of the book. Go to TonyPerkins.com, follow links over. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.